Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Janice Brown. She is born and raised on the tiny island of St. Croix. Janice grew up with a love for nature. Her parents instilled in her the importance of whole foods and regular exercise. She carried this with her through medical school, her residency in PM&R, excuse me, <coughs> oh my God, sorry. The one specialty that still that still believes in examining patients through touch and her training in life coaching, acupuncture, and functional medicine. Janice Brown, welcome to the space. All right, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. good. Perfect. Wonderful. So Janice, so I read uh, just a little tiny bit about you, um, but it'd be great if you could tell us just a little bit more before we dive in. <laughs> okay. So welcome, everybody. Um, um, Hollis probably gave you um, an idea of who I am, but I'm a physician by training um, and originally from the island of St. Croix, which is a tiny island that sits out um, out in the Caribbean close to Puerto Rico. Um, and essentially I, um, I've done many things in my life and I just kind of put it all together. And, um, basically what I am doing is just being creative in the healthcare field. Um, so I combine my training as a physical medicine and rehab physician with that of my prior experience as a massage therapist, along with being an acupuncture and a life coach. And I also practice functional medicine. So when, when I see someone, someone comes to me, I take a very um, personalized, personalized approach to their health. Um, and I try to be as creative as possible including what they want, what they like, um, and what their, what their outcome, what they're looking for. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive in more with you because 
what a concept, <laughs> like <laughs> individualized wellness and um, to really look at a person and see what they need instead of just mm-hmm. prescribing them a drug that um, doesn't mm-hmm. actually get to the root of what the issue is. Um, uh, so yeah, this is going to be wonderful. And I just want to ask while I'm remembering, there is a lot mm-hmm. of, are you moving things around? Because there is kind of like a sound of things swooshing around. Uh, nope. No. Not really. Hmm. Is it okay. has it disappeared? It's probably my computer. So what I'll do is let me um, close my computer and I'll put it away and then see if that makes the sound quality a little bit better. Okay. Okay. I'll let you know yeah. when I hear it again. Um, yeah, it's in- it's interesting because I've listened to your other podcasts and I think you've had the same um, <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> it varies. It can vary yeah. on the phenomena and the sound, but yes, yes, it's true. Okay. How about this? Uh, is this a little bit better? Yeah, it just sounded like things were moving around before, but yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. good right now. So it's okay. Fine. It's good. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So fun- when you say functional medicine, what do you mean exactly mm-hmm. by functional medicine? Um, so functional medicine, um, it's it's basically an approach to health and wellness that takes into consideration um, that food is first. Food is medicine. So we pay attention to how, what goes into the body, whether mainly food, of course, but also environmental, um, you know, toxic and toxic, uh, uh, elements and, um, different things. Um, so essentially because we know that there's whatever we put into our bodies, whatever gets into our bodies will affect our health outcome. They look at that and then design depending on what the person is coming in with so say for instance you know they may have anxiety they may have uh insomnia they may have depression um you know whatever they're presenting with um we take a an approach and start with the diet to see what they're eating and then try to change that and then also do some studies to look at what kind of um you know um environmental toxics uh material that they've been exposed to and um, try to get an idea of what's going on in your body. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for explaining that. And I have to say, like, when I've gone to a naturopath and, God, it's just amazing because <laughs> because she, she just got right to the root um, of the issue. Mm-hmm. And I had had scans. I had had been to so many yeah. doctors before and ultrasounds. And they're like, we don't know. We don't know. I'm like, but I can't mm-hmm. walk. It hurts. And mm-hmm. In 10 minutes, she's like, it's your ileocecal valve. I'm like, what is an ileocecal <laughs> valve? <laughs> like, yeah. What is that? And she's like, well, yeah. you, ha- you had an allergic reaction to some food that you thought was even good for you, like broccoli and the stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, your body had an adverse reaction and there's a whole bunch of inflammation going on. Correct. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do. Um, even though my training is more of an MD, um, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, man, man, I should have probably gone to a naturopathic school, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, but I've always had that interest in getting to the root cause of illness. Um, I remember, you know, going, um, this was in med school. So this was when I was, um, doing my internal medicine rotation and I would always wonder why is it that the patients keep coming back? You know, Mm -hmm especially to the ED, like, you know, we would discharge, the patients would be discharged. You send them home with, you know, their scripts, their medications, and they will come right back. 
And it just, it just, for me, I'm just like, okay, what's the purpose of doing that? If, if the whole, you know, as for health, we're trying to get people better. So I, I think I've always been curious about the etiology of illness and why is it that people feel ill, which is what brought me down or, or, or caused me to research and find functional medicine. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, we are going to dive in a little bit more after I ask you the, would you rather question? Okay. And let's see what yours is for today. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Janice, would you rather be an extra in an Oscar winning movie or the lead in a box office bomb? (laughs) Um. I just say huh because I'm I'm not I'm I'm not I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. I'm not a, a big person like you know like a, a person who just like loves movies and stuff. But yeah. I would say probably the box office bomb because it'd probably be um I probably have more fun doing it. You know what I agree, <laughs> and I was thinking like it could become like a cult film, like so many of yeah. those bad movies can become mm-hmm. like this like uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should start watching some uh, some movies more often and, and TV. <laughs> Most of the time, I prefer to read, so I do a lot of reading. Okay, okay, yeah, I get. I yeah, get I'm a it. nerd. I yeah. get it. No, it's a good thing, but yeah, it's just it really does kind of tell a lot. Where it's like, okay, do you want to be famous and be like, oh, well, I was in this really famous movie. I just had this tiny part, but I was in this fam- famous movie, or I was the lead in this movie that kind of sucked. But it's, you know, it's, it's funny, but, um, you know, cause I, I, I used to live in New York city and I've had people come up to me. Um, this is a couple years, a number of years ago. And, um, they thought that I was Taraji B Henson because we kind of resemble <laughs> each other. So I'm like, Hey, if you, if you want me to be her, you know, backup, you there know, and something, Hey, but <laughs> I'm here. (laughs) So that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. you know, life is short. People do all kinds of, you know, in New York, you're you're kind of looking around for like famous people. So there's people on the the lookout. It's like, oh, I want to find somebody famous because this is where they hang out. So I'm like, sure. It's true. I have to say. And then we'll get, we'll actually get into the podcast, everybody, the the structure of the questions. But um, and yeah. it's going to suck because I can't remember their names right now. Of course, it's jumping out of my head. But my husband mm-hmm. was on the train because we lived in the city, too, for a while. And um, uh, he's a famous um, – he's on the radio. And his sister is an actress. And you would understand if I could remember his name. Uh, but they're on mm-hmm. the subway. And <laughs> just as she was – he has, like, a very deadpan sense of humor. And she does, too. So as she was getting off the train and the doors were opening, she looked at him and said, good luck with the rape case. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my my husband and him connected eyes and he was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was just funny. Hmm. Only in New York. Only in New York. Okay. Only in New York. So here we go. So Janice, and thank you to mm-hmm. those listening. We appreciate you being here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below where we can see them. Um, okay. So Janice, how do you define creativity? Creativity for me is um, 
it's just using your talents in such a way that it brings you joy and the outcome is something that is beneficial for someone. So for me, when I'm when I am in my creative space, I feel that energy in sort of like my stomach area. So, you know, there's different chakras. So down in sort of my um, uh, middle chakra, if you want to consider that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel good. Like, it's just like, I know that I'm, you know, doing something that is unique, but it's going to help somebody, you know? Um, and I think that's one of the reasons in terms of medicine, because medicine can sometimes be very, um, monotonous, you know, the same thing over and over again, you know, hey, the patient comes in with this, this is what you treat them with. But then understanding and really um, getting to know the person, because everybody's different. And that's where the creativity starts by knowing the person in front of you. So by knowing them, I can design um, a treatment plan for them. And like, so for acupuncture, because I do acupuncture as well, it's like, I'm always fascinated by what I can do for that person. And each treatment is going to be different, you know, and that's just one aspect. So, and it's the same thing in life coach. What I, when I work with my, my clients, it's like, I get to know them. And then I sort of, I'm able to ask questions. That's going to pull things out from their minds and let them see things in a different way. So it's, that's for me, creativity is just, it's just knowing the person and then tailoring things to them, specific for them. I love that. I love that your first response is really, like you said, so creativity is using talents to bring joy, where mm-hmm. the outcome is beneficial for someone. So mm-hmm. obviously you're so much of a kind of giving person. You're so much of a person that wants to to help um, mm-hmm. and be there yeah. for people because that's within your definition. and. Mm-hmm. I totally get that feeling like when it's in your stomach, like that, mm-hmm. that, um, do you want to say butterflies? I wouldn't say butterflies. Is it more calm? It's, it's calmer. It's calmer than a butterfly. It's just like this. It's a nice heat. It's like yeah. a, like think of the sun. Like when you're out in the sun for that experience for some people, when you're out in the sun and you just feel a nice warmth, you're not too hot. Yeah. You're not overheated, but you just feel like a nice warmth. That's what it feels like for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, um, it is, it's that sacral chakra, which is, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's the creativity chakra, the orange, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's the, the, the orange and the yellow, um, and it's like the warmth of the sun. So right in mm-hmm. that area. So yeah, that's just, it's such a pretty visual and I completely understand what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us more about your journey to, so to what came before you being a physician? Was there something, did you always want to be a physician or was there anything else? So, well, no, it was, <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> you knew, um, no, you're focused. You actually knew. At a young age. I did. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I think I was just born. Like Everybody's born differently. And I, and sometimes I have to, you know, realize that like, I, I do my best not to push on or at least um, project myself onto others and realize that everybody's coming from a different place. Um, 
kind of hard to do, especially with my husband, because I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you not using your talents? And so I'm really big into people utilizing their talents. Um, and I see people's talents. I have a gift of seeing people, what their what their strengths are. And it sometimes it frustrates me, especially for those who are close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but any which ways, um, I think for me is that I always knew that I want to be a physician since I knew self. So around the age between four and five is when we all recognize self. That's when we start saying, Hey, you know, I'm I'm a separate person. I'm separate than my, my mom, you know, usually it's maternal or paternal, depending on who, who's raising you. Um, the main, the main caregiver, but you recognize that you're separate from them. And so from the time I was five, I kind of knew that I wanted to, um, be a doctor. And I think that, a lot of time at that age is when you start going to doctors, you get your, your vaccines and you start remembering things, but you, you know, you see your pediatrician and a lot of kids mm-hmm. do look up to their pediatrician and say, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to be a doctor. Um, I think for me that it was like a truth that I felt to my core um, in terms of that, the fact that I wanted to be a physician. And I think looking back, because as I went along, it was more than just being a physician. I, I, I recognize, I think in the past five years, that truly I'm a healer. And that's what I identify with now. So I'm a healer first before I am a physician. Mm-hmm. I use my training as a physician to help others heal um, along with all the other um tools that I have. So, um, so I knew, always knew I wanted to be a physician, um, since I was little. Um, and then my journey is interesting in the sense that, um, I came across massage and this is where the healing part comes in. I remember my mom having back pain. Um, one day she, you know, I guess she kind of, she may have overworked herself and my mom's a hard worker. Um, and that's kind of where I get my work worth ethics from both my parents, I should say. Um, but she was down in the bed and she was sick and, you know, just not sick, but, you know, complaining of her back. And I said, I don't know where the idea came from. I was like, mom, let me just massage you. So I got some oils and whatever that we had available. Um, and I massaged her and she actually got better. Um, the next day I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, and the, I kind of. I always use this terminology. I kind of filed it at the back of my head. I, I said, I put it on my back burner. So that's when I put ideas and things that I want to do in the future. I kind of put it away for a little bit and come back to it eventually. And um, went to undergrad and I was able to revisit that idea of massage therapy and touch, um, healing touch, um, because I became a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I actually, um, in my last semester of college, as I was taking my finals, I was actually going to massage therapy school at the same time. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I can be a little intense, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually did that for 10 years and actually had my own business, um, in New York city. I had a couple clients, and um, worked in a um, high-end spa as well as a chiropractor's office and really um, sort of got into health and wellness um, and did really good. Um, But again, I knew that I wanted to be a physician. So 
you know, I, I applied to medical school, got in and um, never, I, I didn't forget about massage at all. But while I was in massage therapy school, I was introduced to the idea of acupuncture. Um, because they, you know, the school that I went to at the time, it was considered one of the oldest um, uh, massage therapy school in the country, as well as um, acupuncture. And um, that's where it kind of was introduced with st- studying Shiatsu, you get introduced to the meridian system. Um, and these are the, the lines, basically the lines of energy pertaining that pertain to specific organ systems that was mapped, you know, thousands of years ago. And so, um, again, that was one of the things that I learned about and I filed at the, in the back burner of my head and, um, in my last year of residency is when I applied, um, for a program specific for, um, for physicians, um, for them to learn acupuncture. Um, and so I did it and I have been doing that now for like, what? nine years now in terms of the acupuncture. And um, so backing up. So while I was uh, a massage therapist in New York city, which was awesome because, you know, I kind of worked my own schedule and had fun. And my mom lived there. We went to Broadway plays and we had a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did research in Uganda and um, was able to work with patients who um, unfortunately were affected with HIV, AIDS, um, and I did research on Kaposi's sarcoma. So that was my first intro to research. And I've done a few research projects um, along the way. But I've done a hodgepodge of little different things, and I think it's just because, um, you know, just who I am. But everything that I've done has always been within the field of health and wellness. Um, I haven't strayed far, too far from that realm. Um, and I think it's just because I, I'm a born healer. I, you know, it's just one of those things that you know that I, I'm not going to deny because if I deny it, um, I wouldn't feel good. Um, it's just who I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like everything you did kind of built on something mm-hmm. else. And I love how you mm-hmm. referred to, I put it on the back burner. I kind of stored mm-hmm. it away because it's that idea that so often, but it sounds, okay, let me finish my thoughts. So um, you, put okay. it on the, you, you put it on the back burner, but you're focused. So you're uh-huh. focused because you were already doing something and you're like, okay, I really enjoy this, but it's not for now. I will mm-hmm. come back to it and it will get incorporated somehow when yes. so often we can get that whole shiny object syndrome and just be like, Oh, well, forget that. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. Oh, I'm forget that. And we don't get a lot accomplished because we're just kind mm-hmm. of all over the place. But mm-hmm. it really sounds like, you know, you're, you, you have this again, going back to your definition, you're doing it because you're helping people. So right. it's for the betterment of others. You're a born healer. You, um, mm-hmm you've realized these things about yourself. You're like, I really enjoy this. Okay. Store it away. We'll come back to it. And then everything Mm -hmm. gels together Mm -hmm. at this point. It's just, it's beautiful. And again, doing, adding that element of the research element, um, Mm -hmm. in Uganda, I mean, that's just expansion. That's just, (laughs) you know, it's just, it was fun. It's expansion. And it's like, it's again, it's getting at the core of who you are and what you love. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that 
again, when we go back to creativity, because, you know, this is your podcast, your podcast is all about finding people who are creative. You know, one of the things I say that you can find creativity in anything. Medicine does not have to be dull and boring. Um, you can definitely choose to, to create what you want within the field. And especially nowadays with so much, so many healthcare providers, this is not just physicians, but, you know, PAs, nurse practitioners, um, nurses, uh, therapists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists. There's so many people going through burnout. And um, I think the, the reason is, is just that they, they feel as though that one thing is just no control. Um, you know, medicine has become definitely corporate. Um, so what corporate means is that we follow protocols and you have to do things the way that it should be done, which I experienced. I mean, I, <laughs> I've experienced so many different things. I can talk all day on so many different topics, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, one of the things that I've realized is that I have the control ultimately of what I decide to do with my talents and with my time and I can be creative. Mm -hmm. I can definitely decide how I'm going to treat someone and make it enjoyable, make it fun, make it to their liking. It doesn't have to be, I'm telling you what to do. I'm listening and hearing what you want and taking that into consideration and we're going to design a plan. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. So I think, I don't even know what we were talking about now. <laughs> what you just, just, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You go, but I'm just, it's just, Oh, I could just talk forever about this stuff, but go ahead. I know it's, but a key word that you just said is I am listening. And I think mm-hmm. that so often, and you're you're touching, this is why I have this podcast in this space is so I get to talk to people who are doctors, who are lawyers, mm-hmm. who are business people, who are physicists, biologists, real estate agents, who wouldn't necessarily see themselves within the societal definition of creativity. Because so often people will say, well, well, that's about a visual artist. You know, that's about being, entertaining. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. about, you know, somebody who sings, that's about somebody who plays an instrument. But this is why I ask these three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Because everybody has it in them. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. these conversations where people's there's expansion and you're bringing up such coming from this medical field angle. I mean, there's so much, like you said, I mean, we could talk for hours, sure, within Mm -hmm. this field, and it's not to to put anybody else down or to bash the system or, or, but two things that I just really heard in what you said was feeling like you don't have control um, and listening. Mm -hmm. From the doctor's perspective, I'm just saying, I'm just, well, it's what you said, but so often people feel like they're getting burnt out because they feel like they don't have control because they're part of this bigger system. And the listening aspect comes to me from two ends. One, when a patient goes to see a doctor, they want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, They want someone to listen to them. And whether the, the, the nurse practitioner or the doctor on their end 
it's a matter of even if you think it's silly or if you know exactly what's causing it, it's listening and validating that person. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. can put them at ease and mm-hmm. then the healing can begin. Like with what you with what you do, you have so many things to pull from. You're not just mm-hmm. this specialized person where it's like, okay, well, I can only treat this small aspect of you. Now I'm sending you to the cardiologist, which is something that could happen. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. but you really are taking time to look at them as a whole person to get at the root cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of my field, what I deal, I deal with people with, um, who are experiencing chronic pain, um, which is um, a very um, unique um, field because pain is invisible <clears throat> and it's not something that you can actually see. It's not, I can't take any type of imaging, whether an x-ray, MRI, CT scan. I can't do that. I can't take any of that and see pain. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I have to be, I feel as though that I have to be creative. And I start, like I said, by listening and knowing the person in front of me. Well, I mean, we'll come in and we'll have conversations about, you know, what they're doing for the day or where they're going or where they're traveling and, you know, what they do. I mean, I need to know what you're interested in because I need to know, hey, where where did this pain start? And how did it get to the point that you're now on these drugs? And what can we do going forward to, you know, create a plan that works for you that allows you to be functional? Yeah. My dad was in chronic pain for 15 years, um, 15, 16 years. And at the time, this was a while ago, um, back in the 90s um, Mm -hmm. to two past in 2003. And um, yeah, so he unfortunately didn't have anybody that could truly help him and get at the root cause. But what he they did superficial things, which made it worse. But um, mm-hmm. he 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 would say, "You have to love your pain, because if mm-hmm. you don't, it'll make you crazy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, it's like a it's relationship. True, though. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's. I always remind my patients. I said, "Well, you you have pain because it has to pass through the brain. You're alive. As long as you're alive and you have pain, it's going to be processed in the brain." So there's a psychological component to it. Um, and then oftentimes, you know, a lot of practitioners look for uh, the physical aspect. There's a physical aspect to it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's a psychological and then there's emotional. Um, and kind of that's where my life coaching kind of comes into play. Because there are times when um, people's thoughts, if you, again, if your thoughts are just focused on pain and I can't get rid of it, that keeps playing around in your head. Guess what's going to happen? That pain is going to augment and you're going to focus on it and it's going to get worse. And then you go down this pathway where um, you may not want to be or go down. Um, And I see that a lot of times, um, time and time again. So it's so so great that you can see that aspect of it and you, you don't think of it as woo woo. (laughs) It's no, it's the whole mindset. I mean, here, I mean, obviously in the beginning you were like, this is where I feel in the chakra. It's Mm -hmm. for you to be able to have that, um, 
to be able to speak to people in these terms, um, it's just, it's just so helpful. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so helpful because it's transformational on so many levels. Yeah. And I, and, and I'm sure there are other practitioners out there that do it, but um, I like to think of myself as unique um, because I have a different perspective and I've had, I know I'm not afraid to touch um, and I'm not afraid to tell the truth. Mm. Um, And sometimes, you know, it can come across as a little like, what, what is she telling me? And I've had patients, I've had people not come back. (laughs) I'm Uh. like, well, I can't, I can't help you. You know, I can't help everybody. I'm not for everybody, but um, you know, I just, for me, that's, the fact that I have so many tools and I can use different things again, it's just, just that's part of that creativity. And um, I'm still, I'm always looking for new tools to use to help people, you know, especially, you know, as it pertains to, to their pain, um, you know, specifically for when I work in the clinic, but, you know, as even with life coaching, if you, even if you're not in pain, I, I find tools to help you get past what you're stuck at or where you're the the place that you're stuck in life to move forward, to be able to move forward. Because, you know, my philosophy is, is that if you're stressed about something and you say, for instance, you're not, you know, utilizing your talent, like I said, I have a knack for seeing people's talents, but if you find that you're not using your talent, it may not be what you need, what you, what you were placed on this earth for, who knows. Mm -hmm. But if you feel as though you are in conflict and stressed about not utilizing your talent or not being in a place where you are working where you want to work. Um, you know, I can, I work with people there to just get them past where they feel that energy, this, that energy is stuck and it's, it, they need to move past it. Um, because it's a real phenomenon and that energy, um, of, um, almost like feeling stuck and, and almost feeling stress that is going to manifest in the body um, and will show up as different disease processes. So, you know, like somebody may say, Hey, you, you may label it insomnia, right. Or um, like I said, mentioned before, you know, somebody may come in and say, Hey, you know what? I have depression or have OCD or I have this and that, da, 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 da. you know, all of these different symptoms that we label, we're good at labeling in medicine, by the way, yes. but um, <laughs> we're excellent at that. <laughs> but, um, you know, all these labels that people put on you, you know, um, sometimes it's, it's just a matter of like, um, you know, you just you just need to work with yourself, like who you are as a person and where where are you stuck so that way we can move past. And once they move past, I mean, uh, you know, like miraculously, they feel better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so friggin' true. Well, it's a whole idea that if somebody's told you for long enough that if they put in a label on, let's say, the fact of you're not a good writer, mm-hmm. let's just put mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. in that way, you're not a good writer. Mm-hmm. You've never been a good writer. Well, then mm-hmm. the person isn't going to write <laughs> unless yeah. generally they're not going to write. And then there's the what if they're the person that's like, oh my God, but I've always wanted to write. And this mm-hmm. is what I, this is what I see, you know, but I've always wanted to do this, but I was always told that I wasn't good at it. 
it's just like, you know, and then they feel so many feelings because of that. They feel mm -hmm. frustrated because it can translate into them doing something they don't really want to be doing. Um, yeah. so they can feel frustration. They can feel resentment. They can feel, um, you know, anger. They're not, ang they're not good enough. They're not like mm -hmm. all these, I'm not worthy of that. I'm just all of these feelings that aren't good feelings. They make you feel crappy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then it's like, you know what? This is where I come in. I can say, mm -hmm. and this is where you come in on your angle and say, well, just write. Like, who mm -hmm. cares what anybody thinks? Who cares if it sucks? Like, just write. Does it make you feel good? If it mm -hmm. makes you feel good, then just do it. So, oh, well, Hollis, I can't really do it, though. I, well, take five minutes. Take two minutes. Mm -hmm. And just put your ideas, something down on paper. Um, or voice record into, if you can't, you know, if you can't get to paper, put it record yourself and then write it down or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you yeah. have to express, you have to start. And just like you mm -hmm. said, once they start doing that thing that they've mm -hmm. repressed or haven't felt that they're good at it, they do, they, they totally feel better. They feel so much better. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I have um, a client now and, um, you know, working with her um, in the past couple of weeks and it's amazing the transformation that she's beginning to have um, it just, it just makes me smile. I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is the reason why I do what I do. Isn't that the um, best? It is. It, it is. feels so freaking good. Yeah, it is. So when you see somebody really transform and you begin to see them change and begin to live life, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it just makes me think back to like when I wrote my essay to get into medical school, um, you know, it, it basically was essentially a, I, and I have to go back. I have to find that. I don't even know where it's at. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it, you know, what I recall of my writing in my essay was the fact that I just, I've always, I think I've always approached health in a more holistic way. Mm -hmm. um, I've always done that. Mm -hmm. I, and I think I'm just staying true to myself. Um, and that's another thing, you know, when we talk about creativity, creativity is truly staying true to who you are as a person. Because yeah. um, once you once you once you move away, um, you, you'll feel it. You'll know it. Yeah, you'll absolutely know it. It's exactly it. It's a feeling. It, it's not words. It's it's that feeling of like, eh. like it's just mm -hmm. that feeling in your stomach or that feeling like that feeling in the sacral, that feeling in the root, that feeling in your chest, where you're in there, in your heart, where you're just like, mm, that doesn't feel yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's typically in the heart or in the throat. Like you get this feeling mm. of like a being stuck. You feel like nothing can go past there. Yeah. So that's, yeah. at least for me, that's what I feel. Everybody's different. But when I'm not doing something that aligns with who I am, that's where I feel it. Mm. So tell us some things that um, you enjoy doing, how you incorporate more creativity into your life. I know you said you enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what reading. I love writing. Um, so I actually wrote a story. I started writing. This is in eighth grade. Um, I started writing a story that I had every intention to publish. I don't know how I was going to do it, but I said, oh, I'm going to publish it. And it was a story that I kept thinking about. I don't I right now I used to hold that that idea in my head of what it was. Like I said, oh my gosh, I have to remember this story. Um, 
now it's probably, you know, somewhere in my limbic system deep there that will probably come out when I'm old and, you know, all these memories are coming back. So, um, (laughs) um, but what happened was, um, I lived through, um, a really bad hurricane on the Island and everything was destroyed, everything. So I had like written out like on paper, pen and paper, this story and it got destroyed. And, um, again, this is one of those things that I, um, I filed at the back of my head. I, so I have it in the back burner that I'm going to come back to writing, um, because, I, I love to write. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I work with my clients, I actually tell them to, uh, for my life coaching clients, I tell them to journal um, because I find writing to be very powerful. Um, it's it's a way to connect the brain and bring things sometimes into reality. Um, so um, that's something that I do. And I actually journal as well. And then um, I have, of course, a family. I have two girls that I um, am always trying to find something for them to do. So on Saturdays, we we do. We I try to um, find something that they've never done before. So we we go out in, in the community um, and just do stuff. So like yesterday, we went to um, a discovery center that's here in in the town that we live in now never been there before. And as we went there, there was like a fair going on at the, in the playground outside. So we were able to go there and, um, we kind of came, got to it towards the end. I didn't know we, I had no clue that it was going on, but I was like, Hey, what, why not? Let's just go. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so I guess, I guess, I guess I live, I do some fun childish stuff, I suppose. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, via my kids. I mean, they're young now, so I can do that. So um, that's part, one of the things I do that's creative. And then um, I love to exercise. I know it sounds weird. No, but, um, why is that weird? A lot of people hate exercise. Are you kidding me? Um, I, don't lo- I don't love it, but it's not weird. <laughs> I wish I love, I wish I exercised more. So I'm, in- I would- <laughs> I'm inspired. <laughs> oh my, I, um, I don't know. I think it's movement because I believe movement is life. So, um, I want, I wanted to be a dancer when I was younger. Um, and growing up my, I grew up in St. Croix. Like I said, um, my parents didn't have a lot of money. It was five of us that grew up together in the house. Um, so, um, I wanted to go to the dance studio. There was one dance studio on the Island and, you know, at the time it was expensive. Um, and of course, you know, I couldn't take classes. Um, but whenever there was something free or an event that was, you know, of a lesser cost, I would, you know, convince my mom somehow to like, let me do it. So I, I did a few dance classes and so forth, but never pursued it, um, fully a hundred percent. Um, instead I just played sports. So, um, cause you know, you didn't have to pay money. You don't have to pay to run. Right. Um, right. so I was, <laughs> I did track, track and field and I played basketball and softball and volleyball. And, um, and so I think my love of exercise, um, is just from the fact that I, I love the movement. Um, it's what got me. So exercise is what got me through medical school. So I made sure that I was, I stayed running and, um, exercise and that helped me to relieve stress. I swam, whatever it, it did. So I do a, a, anything, any kind of exercise. Like tomorrow I'm going to go take a boxing class at a mm-hmm. studio here for the first time. 
so yeah I, um so i love to exercise when my i try to get at least now with the kids and you know working and so forth it's a little tough to to um to get it in like every day but at least i try for four days a week um how, how old so, are your girls they are six and ten and they're unique in the sense that they have the same birthday <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. How, well, I was going to say how far apart. And then I'm like, duh, how she just told you how old they were. So four years. Yes. Apart. Okay. Yeah. I, I same yeah. Birthday. Wow. Same birthday. Yes. And the weird thing about this, maybe this is where the energy, the creativity of the world is like telling me something. I don't know, <laughs> but they were born in the same day I graduated medical school. So, so. they were born <laughs> the same day that you graduated medical school. Yes. Yep. And yep. what was, when did you, so obviously you weren't pregnant when you graduated medical school. No, no, <laughs> like, okay. no, I, wow. yeah, no, this was, so my first one was born two years after I graduated med school. Cause, um, with everything on my stuff that I did, I actually did start medical school late. I didn't do the traditional route. Mm -hmm. So, which I'm glad I did. Um, because I get to experience the world and, um, I traveled, um, like I said that, you know, when I mentioned earlier, like living in New York, I, my mom at the time, she lived in New York city too. And we would just every once a week, we would do something fun. We would go to a museum. She still talks about this to this day, but we would go to a museum. We would go to, um, check out a play, um, just do something different mm -hmm. once a week with her. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess that's that's where my creative because I guess I'm I'm always I like adventure and I like to explore and I love to do different things. So I guess that's why I, I one of the reasons why I did it. But it was just fun. It was just fun. So um, so um, anyways, um, I even forgot. <laughs> oh, oh, so we're talking about which is amazing. <laughs> Obviously. I want to know the date. What? So yeah, when? So yes, two years before these big like milestones, like yeah. graduating from med school after all of this uh -huh. time, this culmination. Yes, and then yes. having your two amazing children. Like, what is this date? What is this? Date? I don't know. You want to know? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> There has to be something in numerology. Like there has to be I have no idea. I mean, I've been meaning to to say, I'm like, I need to go find somebody who's like Yeah, you know, no understand numbers and you know numerology, um, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's May twentieth. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. the day. I don't know. There's something about numbers with me because um this may sound crazy, but I, I went to my uncle's house. We went to visit him down in St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, those, I don't know if they do it in the States, but back home, yeah, they have, um, when somebody dies, they have these lapels that they will give out at the funeral. And it will have the, the day the person was born and obviously the day they died. Oh. And, um, you know, you can, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's a pin that you could use. And some people, they keep that, you know, as a memorabilia. Yeah. As, as it turned out, I, we, this room that we were staying in at my uncle's house, um, had my husband's birthday and my birthday for this person. I don't know who the person was. It was somebody that they knew, but they had that lapel and I forgot. 
now it's been so many years, I forgot if it was my birthday that they were born on or his birthday or vice versa. And they died on one of our birthdays, but it was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just always interesting with the whole number thing. I, um, we have a thing with threes in our family. And uh, Mm -hmm. so my son was born weighing six pounds, three ounces at six Oh (laughs) three. Which, which I think is amazing. Um, our daughter uh-huh. was born in room three at three fifty three mm-hmm. on May thirtieth, two thousand three. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. Wow. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Threes are just a really they kind of they kind of yeah. run through. But um, yeah, numerology but is so interesting. Yeah, but it speaks to the creativity of the universe. You know, mm. um, and that's something that to some extent we like we don't have control over it, but yet we do because the things that we want to manifest, we can manifest, we can make it happen as long as we believe. But then there is a design, a bigger design out there, I think, that the universe gives us that we're sort of living. Each of us have our own design that we're sort of living through. You know, mm-hmm. and and sometimes we it, sometimes you just sit back and say, like, hmm, why did that happen? You know, like every day, sometimes I think about my girls and I'm like, why were they born on the same day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I it's yes, there's just everywhere that you look, there's creativity. That's that's just what I the conclusion I just came to. You know what I mean? So. There, there is. And Jonas, I want to welcome you. Hello. Um, yes, please feel free to put any questions or comments in the space and be part of the conversation. I, well, I really appreciate what you just said. And I think it's important for people to hear because especially now it's much more accepted of a concept where saying that, you know, what we believe is what can mm-hmm. be and, you know, you have to truly believe in it. So it's understanding that of not being, I guess, putting in my own words, that you're not a victim to circumstances. So um, just because what's around you isn't necessarily the way you want it to be, then it's changing your mindset and envisioning and imagining what you want. And it it, it changes things. <laughs> but you have mm-hmm. to believe it if you keep going back to and speaking the words of, well, but mm-hmm. I don't have that. It's like, well, if you keep saying mm-hmm. you don't have it, then it's never gonna have. It's never gonna happen. But Correct. I just, I just appreciate what you said about the universe having a bigger design. It's, it's those things that are kind of, they're not necessarily within our our vision at the moment. It's kind of like everything that you went through, everything that you did to lead you to where you are, mm-hmm. and even the things that you didn't enjoy so much maybe. And you're like, why did I have to go through that? That kind of sucked. Or I didn't really want to do that, but I did. Well, you know what? It leads you to, it really does. Like when I was younger Mm -hmm. and my parents would say, well, you weren't necessarily ready for it. I'm like, oh my God, that's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, maybe I wasn't ready, but I want it. Like, can't you understand that I want it to be? It's like, but it is true. It's if, if you really aren't in the mindset or the space or, or any of that, then it just really is not the time. It's not the time. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, like I said, I file things at the back of my head. I put it in the back burner because it's not ready for me yet. Like the same thing with life coaching. I've always 
knew that I wanted to help people and help them understand their mindset. I wasn't ready to do it at the time that it came to me, but now I am. Yeah. And so, yeah. So everything is, you know, coming together. It's gelling together and it's coming, um, definitely coming together. So, yeah. Before we move on to the third question, I want you to talk about a little bit. We have a little bit more time. Um, Mm-hmm. We're getting to mm-hmm. the top of the hour, but it's okay. We have a little bit longer. Uh, your podcast. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So oh, us, yes. My crew. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, please. All right. So um, so it's interesting. If you don't mind, my husband just texted me. He's like, oh, the halftime show is about to begin because my girls are over there with my sister. <laughs> so um, so we may have to keep it a little bit closer to the hour <laughs> I knew if we you don't were, mind. I knew we were battling with the Super Bowl. So. I know. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, that's a whole nother story, but I'll tell you that later. But um, So keep that quick so, and then we'll move on to the third question. Yes. There Thank you go. You. All right. So, um, so my podcast, it's called uh, Beyond the Disability. And it came about from my work because um, I do inpatient rehab. I, I basically take care of patients who have um, sustained some type of catastrophic event um, in the form of a spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury, a stroke, um, some type of uh, multivity um, uh, accident that's caused a multiple uh, trauma, um, uh, as well as you know am- people who've gone through amputation. So you know, basically anything that prevents people from um, being whole and being able to live independently, I take care of them in the hospital setting. So all aspects of their care um, is what I do. Um, And I've been doing this for a long time. um, And I currently do that. Any which way. So, um, so many of my patients gave me inspiration just to see what they were able to do, um, despite the fact that they incurred disability, this disability, my um, one of my first guests, um, and I never forget, she was one of my inspirations, um, a young lady, and we were close in age, and she was a teacher, and she um, incurred um, uh, a stroke. She had had multiple strokes, but the final one um, really caused major deficits. Um, she had uh, left hemiparesis, and, um, you know, she couldn't walk, um, but she worked at it and worked at it, and um, she walked, and to the point that she's now um, – have her own, she has her own apartment and she has two sons she's raising, mm-hmm. um, essentially on her own. I mean, the father's involved, but they're divorced and, uh, she does have the support of her family, but I remember her, I used to, you know, um, I followed her for various reasons, um, medical reasons. Um, and she always told me, she said, you know, Dr. Brown, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have my own place because that's what she wanted. Um, you know, so here is she, she used to live independently. She was a teacher, um, full time, taking care of children and living life. And then lo and behold, the stroke happened and, um, you know, basically had to go back to living with her mom. And so she did it. She lived on her own and she was such a big inspiration for me. I'm like, I need to, I need to showcase these people who are, amazing and living their lives to their fullest despite their disability. And so the idea was born now, maybe about six years ago. And you know, one of those things that you just kind of kick it down, can down the road, you just like, Oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And it's just like, for me, if I don't do something that comes into my space, into my heart, I can't rest. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
I got my act together. I had um, this wonderful um, young lady. Um, actually, she's a physician, I should say. She was my coach, and um, she really encouraged me um, to really, you know, just why not do this? Just go ahead and do it. Like she really pushed me. And so um, through her, I found a coach, actually, um, this um, lady, that's all she does. She coaches people and helps them start their podcasts. Excellent job. She's wonderful. Um, so she helped me. Um, <laughs> thank, thank God she was patient because um, it <laughs> we took, normally she works with people, I think in like a six week period, I took longer, but mm-hmm. you know, the fact of the matter is I got the podcast up and running and it's been a blessing. Um, so I, I publish every two weeks. So my episodes are not every week, but every two weeks, just because of my schedule and I love it. It works for me. Um, and it's really designed, um, to showcase the lives of these people who are living despite their disability. And I want to provide inspiration for people as well. So, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes that's part of that's my other creative side there <laughs> so much that you do it's amazing how you fit all of it. yes so everybody you <laughs> need to find her podcast beyond the disability it's so beautiful it's just all about expression and uh, inspiring it's about inspiring so i am going to put the last question out there because i know we're on a quick timeline here so Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's put a nice little bow on it, Janice. So why do you think creativity is important? If we're not creative, we're not alive. We need creativity to be, to live. And it, what it's what defines us as human beings. I'm pretty sure you've been in the presence of someone you know, for whatever reason, we can't judge. I, I try. I said I try my best not to judge anyone or anything because who am I? I am not. I'm not God. I'm not for those who believe in God. But I, I I'm just, I'm just me, right? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we've all come across people who you could tell that they, their, they, their spirit is not there. Um, they lack creativity. They're just basically sort of skimming life, living life on the surface. And when you're in the presence of them, it feels empty, mm-hmm. almost like a sadness. Yeah. Um, but when you compare that and contrast that to someone who is truly living their lives with and being creative you know, using their talents, you feel an energy. You want to be around those people. Yeah. So creativity is necessary to be, to, to be alive and to live. Whoo. Yes. You hear that everybody? (laughs) (laughs) That is the perfect way to wrap it up. So please Janice, tell them how they can find you, please. So, um, I'm I'm in a transition phase. <laughs> I have my I have I still have my I still have my website and I still use it. It's called um uh betterhealthandrehab.com and everything is spelled out better b e t t e r health h e l t h and a n d rehab. 
R E H A B. Everything is spelled out. So um, I still have my website. It's just that the way it's created is as if I had my own practice, like my brick and mortar practice. Yeah. Um, I've shifted. I'm now. Um, I work for an organization, a private practice, where I get to do my medical stuff. But I'm going to, um, re, you know, basically create and, or I should say, revamp my my website. Um, possibly change the name so I can reflect what I do um, in my own business, which is primarily the life coaching. But people can find me there. Um, my email address is Janice at BetterHealthAndRehab.com, and I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can find me at BetterHealthAndRehab.com. Uh, I'm sorry, BetterHealthAndRehab. If you just search in Facebook for that, you can find me there. Um, as well as you can find me, um, Janice, I think I use my middle initial C Brown. I don't remember, but, um, my name is so common. I just use, I tend to use my middle initial. Um, and, um, so people can find me, but I'm pretty active on Facebook. Um, I started doing these like daily questions to get people thinking, because I think we should be thinking more, um, as, as a humanity. Um, so that way we can, no, seriously, I, you know, um, I think I love children, um, because their, their minds are con they're like, you could tell, you could just see their little brains, like just going and they're thinking, and I'm like, oh, we've lost that as adults because we've gotten into patterns, um, and protocols (laughs) that we adhere to. And we just go, we just, okay. We're sort of like automatic. We're, 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 we're just doing things based upon what we've done before. Little kids though, they're just, they're thinking, it's like, Hmm, I wonder if I should do that. Yeah. Should I do that? Should I not do that? You know what I mean? And I, and I love that, that kids have that creativity. And I feel as though sometimes as an adulthood, we've lost that, but to get that back, we have to start thinking, you know, we have to start really being mindful and, um, really understanding why we do things when we do them. I would so, agree. Um, I would agree yeah. with the thinking, but not overthinking. That's the problem. Oh, no, I no. Find. Yeah, yeah. Not overthinking because adults, we think too much. <laughs> we get stuck <laughs> in our head and then we start overanalyzing and then we get stuck. Yeah. But that's the difference between, there's a difference between analyzing versus thinking. Yes. So, I would agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying thinking just meaning that, you know, if you have an idea, you just, you know, you, you basically, um, it's almost like capturing the thoughts that you're having. And sometimes I, I think that we don't, we don't do that often. And that's why when I, um, in my Facebook, my private Facebook page, which I kind of use kind of like on my, as my business to kind of get my life coaching up and running and, you know, advertise that. But, you know, I get people, I want people to think about things. And so I just throw out questions. I usually have like a question of the evening and, you know, just to get people engaged, um, you know. Yes. Yes, 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 That's yes, a fun yes. Thing. So fun. <laughs> so people at people listening to the replay so appreciate the people here live but yes just capture those moments the spontaneity the fun the Mm -hmm. yes you'll 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 get the point those listening to it um and up to this point like yeah don't get lost in the protocols (laughs) let's actually not (laughs) let's not skim life i love that it's like those skimming life feels sad and empty you don't want to be a skimmer (laughs) you want to be somebody that is actually 
diving deeper past the surface and actually owning your talents and exploring your talents. And mm -hmm. um, if even if you're not the best of it, you don't have to be the best at it. You can still enjoy it. It can be something that you, doesn't have to be your job. It can be something that you enjoy doing. I suck at singing, but I can tell you, we put on music and sing at the top of our lungs and it's fun. It feels good. <laughs> it's a release. It's expression. So I challenge you to find this part of your life and just own it and explore it. And Janice, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for hanging out and chatting. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank yeah. you for having me on your podcast. I think I'll tell you this. You are the first podcast that I've actually done where I'm actually a guest. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. I meant to tell you that. Yes. Wow. How exciting. Yeah. I know. I've I've interviewed so many people on my from my podcast, but I've never been a guest on any ones until yours. So thank oh. you. You're the oh first. My, oh my gosh. Well, I am honored. I'm honored <laughs> and you are wonderful to speak to and inspiring. And I want to thank everybody that was here live, those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow and share so we can we can spread the word and lift everybody up. I feel like we've needed, we've always needed this, but of course we need it now more than ever. So uh, you know how it is like it that raises all the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know all the back things, but you know, it's a good thing. <laughs> so more people can see it and I appreciate you. So I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And we'll be talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Good night. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com. IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And check out the experiential kits check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.